friends, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where our, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is Horror on the Orient Express. This is the last chapter out of one of the best ever written uh, campaigns for Call of Cthulhu. I'll be your game master, and this is episode 89. Our recap will be given by Mick. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Mick? Thanks, Tom. Hey, Donna. Thanks again for looking after everything at home. I really appreciate it, and I hope the dogs haven't been annoying you too much. I guess by now you're probably finding out how hyperactive and demanding two Cal Felis de San Miguel can be, but uh, sorry about that, lol. Uh, this trip has been amazing so far. Not just the Orient Express, but Europe in general. Everything is so old, so steeped in history, it's incredible. The art, the museums, the architecture, it's all just jaw-dropping. There are houses here that are six or 700 years old and people still live in them. Can you believe that? The train itself is so cool. It's just wall-to-wall luxury. And there are three restaurants, three on a train. It's really swanky. And I'm, I'm kind of out of my depth a bit, although I've piled up with this dude called Senor Banuelos, who is either a Spanish guy living in Portugal or a Portuguese guy living in Spain. I'm, I'm not too sure which way around it was. Anyway, he's a country postman, so he's a fish out of water too, which at least means I don't feel too self-conscious when having to deal with all the different folks and whatnot. And there's a lot of that. It's kind of weird sleeping on the train. I've, I've been having some really strange dreams, but that could just be the food, which is uh, really rich. One thing's for sure, you're not gonna find any Twinkies here. The other winners are a bit of a mixed bag. Most of them are okay. There's, there's a lot of other Americans, but there's this one guy, Oscar, who will just talk your ear off if you let him. He reminded me of uh, Tony at the court bar, always steering the conversation back to his pet subjects, no matter how you started off. And there's also some business with this drunk Italian guy, but I'll, I'll tell you about that when I get back. I'm sending this email from a hotel in Budapest which is the first place I found with Wi-Fi so far. They got it on the train, but I, I couldn't get my tablet to connect to it for some reason. It's, it's, it's crazy here. The whole place looks like a movie set. There are women walking around in furs and more Rolexes than I've ever seen in one place. My room here is nearly the size of my apartment back home. How the other half live, eh? You know, it's a funny thing, and I, I don't know if it's just the European way, but a lot of these people, they seem to be on edge, which strikes me as weird because I would have thought this was like a holiday more than a chore, but these folks don't seem to think twice about arguing in public or making a scene. I thought this place was supposed to be genteel, but they're coming across as a pretty fiery people, if you know what I mean. Some of the other Americans were even saying that there's a woman on the train, a, a fashion model apparently, who's having trouble with a stalker or something. I gotta say, I really don't know if that's true or just something they're putting on for us, like some kind of murder mystery weekend. Anyway, the pics I've attached are from our trip to uh, Dracula's Caves, where we went today. Pretty cool, huh? The place is huge. That fountain with what looks like blood in it was actually full of wine. And believe me, I tasted it a few times just to make sure. Anyway, I'm going to leave it here. Otherwise, we won't have anything to talk about when I get back. Thanks again for dog sitting and house sitting. There's not many people around who will help, especially since he ran off. I'll be sure and bring you something nice. Uh, give the dogs a kiss from me. See you soon, Gary. Outstanding. 
<laughs> All right. Well, where we left off, uh, you had you were in the caves, and uh, John Highfield had just been talked to by Antine. Uh, 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 what's her last name? Antine, Chantel Antine. And uh, Antine Chantel. And uh, she had told him that she felt she was in danger and that she was sure somebody else on the train was a stalker or possibly a crazed fan of some sort. She'd received threatening letters. Um you spend a few hours at the uh, the underground, and uh, and you tour the rest of the city. You you see Saint. Uh, uh, I never can remember the name of the church. Um, the church, and eventually you wind your wind your way back to uh, the hotel, and you are scheduled. Let's see, you are scheduled to leave. You are scheduled to leave for Romania uh, at uh, 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, afternoon tea is going to be served at 4.30, which I believe is the traditional time. Not... What time did we leave the labyrinth? Um... Oh, we'll say two o'clock or so. And what time did we get there? Um, you you started your tour at ten a.m. So, okay. So we'll just say that at this point you're all arriving back in time for tea, unless you have other things you want to do you know, in the city. Well, there's been some, uh, you know, Karen's been doing her particular thing. You've kind of noticed a few things uh, during the last 24 hours. Um, when you were pulling into Budapest, uh, actually probably from a couple of, more, a couple of hours out, um, you know, she started uh, using her phone uh, quite regularly. And she was, she was talking sometimes in uh, German, sometimes in... Well, one time in particular in Dutch and a couple of times in English and, and so on. And you got the fact that she actually was able to speak to somebody very slowly and deliberately in um, Hungarian. And you kind of got the impression that she's got a little bit of an itinerary on top of whatever uh, was going on there. But it seems very sort of like loose and sort of fluid. It's something that can be sort of like arranged at short notice kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, in the evening, uh, when you went out for the walk, you noticed that Karen had been joined by a rather well-dressed couple. Uh, the woman is quite tall, just a shade over six feet, dark hair, uh, very well-dressed. Um, clearly, she's Hungarian, as is her husband, uh, who's a very short, stocky kind of guy. Um, he's basically, you figure that his suit would probably take care of a couple of mortgage payments. And she's just been talking and chatting. And so as you were doing the tour, she was sort of like getting 
a lot of local information because they were pointing things out and sharing things and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, obviously she was doing that. And you, and you get to hear about something about a, uh, a convention or a conference coming up in December and uh, they'd like Karen to attend. And, yeah, that's pretty much all that you really kind of notice. Mr. Highfield, um, I'm going to just send you a private. Oh, no, I have to do a sanity roll. Yeah, probably. You overhear that comment at one point uh, when uh, the man's talking to Karen. He's got a very thick accent. And uh, pretty much that's it. And you all go back to the hotel. And a little bit later on, you see them go out and the ladies are wearing cocktail dresses and he's kind of like in a little bit more of a casual uh, outfit. Her cocktail dress is a sort of uh, deep, rich burgundy leather. Um, kind of, you know, nice and short, sleeveless, lambskin, um, you know, quite, cl quite close at the waist. Um, Mr. Duquesne will notice that this is probably a dress that's designed for dancers because, uh, you know, the panels front and back have kind of got ruffles on them and uh, uh, obviously designed to be, able to be able to move with the body. And they go out and they obviously go out and a little bit later on, since I can't get the sharing to work, uh, you find out that she's actually been out to a nightclub for a while. And she gets in somewhere around about two o'clock in the morning. And that's pretty much it. And if, if she, the, the train's leaving at 7 p.m. Yeah, that's this. I'm talking about last night. Oh, OK. Last night. And... Uh, is it possible, Mr. Rutherford, that you might have been up somewhere around about midnight having a nightcap in the, in the hotel lounge bar? I, I think that's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Okay. What you notice when she comes in, uh, the three of them go to the elevator. Uh, they're obviously staying at the hotel as well. And the elevator goes all the way up to the top floor. Doesn't stop on your floor. Hmm. And of course, next morning she, you know, she's she's she was late for breakfast. Um, had just enough time to sort of like have that little inter interaction with Chantel before you went on there. She doesn't look tired or worn out, but you can tell that she's had a a night out. <clears throat> and uh, of course, at the end of the, uh, the the tour in the labyrinth, you know, she's gone off, and she probably took a short afternoon nap prior to 4.30 for tea or dinner. Okay. Well, just prior to 4.30, you've all arrived back. I'd like you to all, uh, except for Karen, do a spot hidden. I pass. Uh, I didn't, I got a 93. Uh, I got a 27. Pass. Okay. Um, my eyesight in the game is like my eyesight in how, how about you, John? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I feel. Okay. Well, John and Gary, when you go back to your room, uh, everything is very neat and tidy. It's, it's quite obviously that the staff came in and cleaned your rooms, made your beds and everything. Uh, Riley and George. Um, you also notice this, of course, that your room is all neat and tidy. And as you're getting ready for 
uh, going to afternoon tea, uh, you both notice that a couple of your shirts are missing. Um, I call I call down to the front desk and um, ask. You know, I say, um, who, "Whoever cleaned my room." And Sorry, this is at the this is at the the train. Oh, so I, I um call the bell for the um the steward. The steward. Okay. Um, Renee Violet. And, uh, yes, sir. Uh, Renee, uh, I I don't want to accuse anyone, but uh, it seems that whoever tidied my room up, a few of my my shirts have uh have disappeared. I don't have that many with me, uh -huh. so that's why I noticed them. I noticed the same thing as well. Some of my shirts have seemed to disappear. Are you sure, Monsieur? Let's show me. Show me what is missing. Um, so I obviously take him in and and explain to him the the shirts that I have missing. He's like, well, um, I mean, there was cleaning staff, but I assure you, they are of the utmost uh, integrity. Uh, are you sure you unpacked them? Your luggage, perhaps, in the foregone? Uh, uh yeah. No, I, I definitely. Uh. Well, that, that's how I know uh, uh, that they're, they're missing because I definitely unpacked them. I, I wore one of them just, just the other night, so I, I knew it was there. All right. I will start an investigation. Uh, thank you. Yes, well, well, thank you. And I, now, where they may not have, have taken them intentionally, it might have been a mistake. So we're not well, accusing anybody of any, of any misdoings. We just want to find where our stuff is. Were they, Maybe they got mixed up with another traveler. I, I I don't know. Were they were they dirty? They were clean. The stuff. Well, like I said, I I had worn one of them uh, the, the the other night, but it wasn't it wasn't like dirty dirty. Well, no, my, mine were, were perfectly fine. My my deepest apologies. I, I I can't imagine how this could have happened. There would have there would be no reason for anyone in the staff to even touch your shirts. Um, but I'll, I'll make Does anyone else have access to our room? Oh, no. No. I have access, and uh, the staff has access, but uh, no one else has access. The, the other passengers do not have access. Was your room locked? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. Your rooms were locked, yeah. Um, can, yes, um, can you remind me who, uh, who's in the connecting room to mine? Who has the connecting door? Uh, Riley... Uh, Karen. Um, so when he informs me of that, I kind of go, uh-huh. And I give George a look and I say, the plot thickens, my friend. Now, is Karen in your connecting room? Uh, George, you've got Gary. I, I, I have Gary. Now, I don't, I don't believe he would be the, the, the type of man to go take somebody's shirts. It seems far, far beneath him. Yeah, but I mean... Did they lock their rooms? That's the other question, though. If they didn't lock their rooms and came in through the connecting room, it's possible. Now, Look, of course, uh, like if, I, they, if somebody went through Karen's room, I'm sure they would have helped themselves to plenty of, of strange attire before they came after our plain shirts. Yeah. Yes, uh, 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 Well, look, we'll, we'll leave it with you. Um, and um, if, you, if you hear any information, uh, please, please let us know as soon as possible. Okay. And for, for the record, these were your white dress shirts. Yeah, that's why I guessed. Obviously, yeah, I about. figured. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I sort of say to, to Georgia, 
Um, would you fancy a drink down in the in the lounge? I definitely would. So I'll, I'll walk off with George towards okay. the uh, the saloon. Okay. Uh, when you get to the saloon, uh, I'll, I'll do it this way. You guys get to the saloon. There are a few people there. And very shortly after that, uh, tea is served. So everybody ends up down there anyway. Um, let's see. Let's see our people. Uh, you see Giuseppe. You guys have kind of, the, Ital- the Italian banker, you guys have kind of gotten to know him. I mean, he's seems like a nice guy. He tried very hard to encourage uh, 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 Antonio uh, to join you, but Antonio had seemed very reluctant to to go anywhere. Um, he didn't want to leave the hotel and he didn't want to leave the train. Uh, you see Lars Farber and uh, John Water- Walters is there. And of course, good old Oscar is there. And uh, Everybody's just sort of chit-chatting with one another. And tea is served. Uh, uh, you you see uh, Enzo, of course, immediately comes over where uh, Gary is. And he's like, uh, did, you, did you enjoy our day uh, uh, in the uh, catacombs, in the tunnels underneath the uh, castle? Gary. <laughs> Ignoring me, are you? <laughs> Sorry, for some reason, the old A thing doesn't always work. I don't understand why. Um, <clears throat> let's go back into character. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I especially liked the, uh, the wine fountain. That, that was great. That was very strange. I wonder how they, uh, how, how they, they do that. Do you, do you have those in your houses over here? <laughs> well, I'm not from uh, Budapest, but uh, it was very strange, I thought. I could, I, could, I could really do with one of those. I need a wine faucet. Well, I, I, they, they have wine aboard the, the train, I'm sure. Um, so Oscar, how have you been enjoying your time? In- oh, I, I, I enjoy it very much. It's a very, very beautiful, but it's, it's very overwhelming. I, it is. It's a. It's a. Um, I, f- I find the the um, everything soaked in history. There's there's so much to take in. I I don't know where to start. The uh, the church was very beautiful. Uh, much more beautiful than the church in my little village. But at the same time, I love the one in my little village. I'm told there's some beautiful churches in Portugal. Indeed. Especially in the city of Coimbra. I'm told. Oh, I've never been there. <laughs> Sorry, I, I kind of, I think, I think we, we were just detected by sonar. Uh, it, it happens sometimes when Tom leaves the speaker going. Is that because he lives on a submarine? This problem is now solved and will never come up again. Um, so let's see. Uh, Henry, I mean, uh, uh, John, you see uh, Chantal Antine and, uh, and her boyfriend, husband, not, not husband, uh, once again, sitting and, and chatting. Uh, she seems a little calmer. 
but maybe because she knows you're kind of watching her back. Yeah, and I'm definitely keeping an eye on the crowd to see if anyone's acting suspicious or stalkerish. Well, um, the Australian guy, he's not really acting strange, but he, he he's getting uh, his tea, and as he's walking, he kind of bumps into you, and he doesn't give you a very nice look or uh uh i i you could say that he he doesn't really feel like he should apologize in that moment uh even though it was clearly his fault hey uh sorry watch out where you're going as he sort of walks past you can i do you know up by any chance what his size stat is uh, uh this is who did I just say? It's John, right? Uh, Mark Wilson. Oh, that's right. Where are you, Mark? Oh, it's right here in my hand. He's 28 years old. Uh, he's rake thin. So he's a thin guy. Then in that case, I'm pretty much like he just walked into a mountain. Okay. So I just kind of just look at him and sure, whatever. <laughs> and uh, you see him just get past you then and go and sit down. Um, Oscar comes over and uh, he wants to talk to Riley because Riley is an actor and he loves movies. Can I, can I interrupt real quick? Sure. Uh, just, um, I, I know Mick, you had it in your recap, but now I'm just a little bit confused. She pulled Karen, not Karen, uh, Antine. Yeah, she pulled me aside and spoke to me privately on in correct the cameras. So, does everybody else know that she has a stalker? No, I, I was just I was just referencing that because um, that had happened um, previously um, on the train. So there Karen was and um, George and I have it. Yeah, we, yeah. we have an inkling about it because we went up to the to the room and she screamed at Karen. Yeah. Worried that it's like it's you, it's you who've been sending me the, the letter. So we have some we have some idea of what's going on, but yeah, I got Gary knows purely because he eavesdropped in the bar. Okay. Yeah. It was originally initially being discussed. So any anything but the, the business between you and her, I I don't know about that's that's and, and none of us know that she pulled you aside, yeah. Yeah. And none of us know that you know. Right, so now I was just going to say, I don't know now if I know that you guys know, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, I do have, I'm a little confused. But on security know that Karen was found outside a room. Just saying that. All right. I, I'm a little confused about where we are because I thought I heard somebody talking to Renee. Were they on the train? And then Riley said something about going downstairs to the lobby to go. Right. To we went to the saloon. I, I had hotel. said that, she, that the train was leaving for Romania at 7 and that tea was going to be served at 4.30. So you okay. guys came yeah. back to the train. Back to the train. Okay, so yeah. I, and I, I said, let's go to the saloon. I yeah. corrected him when he said he was going downstairs. There's, yeah, yeah. not at the hotel anymore. We're going to where there's alcohol on this train. <laughs> so Oscar's, Oscar's come up to me. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's like, hey, did you ever, uh, did you ever see that old movie... Uh, Dr. Phoebe's uh, 
Dr. Fives. Forget that. Vincent Price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Vincent Price is he's one of my favorites. That's one of his best performances, and he didn't even open his mouth. Sometimes that's uh, that, that's when acting was, you know, you had to be a good actor to be able to captivate people yeah, on screen. You, you know, Oscar, some, sometimes very, very good and respectable people know there, there are times where it's better to keep your mouth closed for long periods mm. of time. You can say a lot by keeping your mouth closed. <laughs> hmm. He says, I, I, I think I take the hint. I talk too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody tells me that. <laughs> Says, uh, I just can't help myself. You know, I'm 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 a country boy, like you, George, and we don't get much many people out there in the country to talk to. This is all fantastic. Right, right. Yeah, yes, it is. But if if you if you want people people to like you, son, just let me give you a piece of advice. When, when talking to individuals, listening is the most important thing that you can do, especially women. Especially women. Uh, yeah. I have people say that to me, too. <laughs> Maybe I should start listening. listening to them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Oscar. Here's some advice. You see that lady over there in the corner? And I point over to Karen. I mean, now she, she now she's someone you want to go and have a conversation with and really listen to what she says. You might get lucky, my man. Oh, you mean the, the ballerina lady? She's a dancer. Sure, let's go with ballerina. The, the one in the the one in the same there. Yeah, I don't think I could talk to her. She's uh, she's way too pretty. I know you. Yeah, you'll be just fine. Have some uh, have some liquid courage, and I hand him a um a double scotch, make him down it, and then push him over towards Karen. What kind and of give him a thumbs up when he turns back. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for your encouragement. He uh, he starts to head towards Karen. And then, like, at the last second, just turns towards the bar. <laughs> yeah, so Karen, Karen's actually sitting there. She's, she's just drinking Perrier water and kind of looking at uh, her phone now and again, gazing out the window. Uh, she's got a little smirk on her face once or twice because we're only a few feet away in this train. Right, right. <laughs> and and as, you're, as you are sort of watching this go down and as you see... Oscar make his turn towards the bar. Right on the other side of Oscar is John Walters. And uh, and he looks over at you and gives you a big smile and suddenly decides that, well, maybe I'll join you over there. And uh, so he's now on the make. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he says, uh, how are you doing, uh, uh, Miss Graffine? Is that how you Graffine? Yes. Griffin? Well, I'll smile quietly at him. I'm because it's uh, warm in the train. She's wearing a nice uh, summer short summer frock, and she's going to cross her long legs and look at him and say, "How are you doing, John? Is Budapest treating you well?" Oh yeah, lots of fine people here. It's a beautiful city. Mm -hmm. What did you find to do with yourself? Same as you. Walked around, saw some things, snuck around in those caves. And I'm just going to sort of like look at him and smile. So you guys spend a little time uh, chit-chatting. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, at seven o'clock, uh, the train begins chugging away for Romania. Uh, you will be arriving uh, tomorrow, I believe, in where are you going? Bucharest. Bucharest. So, or Sofia. Um, you have a very nice dinner once again. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it, it's late in the evening and you are going to retire for bed. Okay. Uh, one thing that you notice is that uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Milton uh, did not join you for dinner. Um, and I, I guess I'll allow you an inquiry if you wanted to ask during dinner. He um, he didn't come on the trip to the uh, the the, uh, the caves, the labyrinths either. Correct. He said because that he was very he feeling, he yeah. to feel ill. Mm -hmm. Oh well. Um, Do we know what cabin he's in? Yes, he is in the very last cabin. Uh, G10 before the foregone. Uh, George, what what do you say we uh, go check on our our host? He wasn't wasn't at dinner. See if he uh, see if he needs anything. That that sounds like a sounds like a good idea. Maybe if we see Renee on the way, he can give us a little more insight into maybe what what's been happening to him. Yeah, yeah. So we start making our way down down that way. Okay. So you go through the uh, the F car and then the G car. And uh, you go all the way to the end, and you get to the door for Mr. Milton. And uh, what do you do? Just knock on the door. Yeah. Um, there's no answer at first. Um, I knock again, and I go, uh, uh, "Mr. Milton, it's it's Riley Duquesne and and George Tucker here. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't see. Yeah, you. yeah." yeah. Um, we're just wondering if if you're okay, sir. We're a little worried since you've been feeling under the weather. Well, you hear it sound like uh, he get he maybe gets up and he comes over to the door and he opens it a little bit, okay. And you can mm -hmm. see that he's uh, he's sweating, you know, and and he says, uh, I, "I'm I'm I'm sorry I didn't join you for." Uh, for dinner, I'm I'm not feeling very well, but uh, I think it's getting a bit better with a little rest. I should be right as rain in the morning. Now, have you have you seen have you seen any doctors? Sir? I'm I'm sure we can find find somebody on on the train if if things are too bad. Well, I've I've I had uh, I had a little bit of opportunity to you know go to the apothecaries on uh, my way back here, but. Uh, I, I think it's just a short thing. It's it's going to be gone. It's not the flu or anything. It's just uh, just a bit of uh, maybe some bad food that I had. Uh, hopefully not on board my train, but uh, uh, I, I I should be fine. I should be. Is fine. there any way for me to um sort of I don't have any medic or any I think, but is there anything sort of to be able to do a role to gauge maybe what his symptoms might be like if it just looks like the flu or well, 
Um, do you have medical? I mean, you can try just, medical. Just base, I think. I've got one on medicine. Um, let's give it a crack. <laughs> okay. That's an 85. Ah. <laughs> he has um, cancer. <laughs> no, but, but uh, it, it, he doesn't really look pale, but okay. he's sweaty. Like, and the, and the room is not, not any different in temperature, you know, than the rest of the train. It's, it's fairly comfortable. And how was he dressed? Um, uh, it looks like he's just dressed in a, in a shirt and pants, but it's not buttoned up. And like, right, so he's, he's hot. Okay. Right. And, uh, yeah, it looks, it, I mean, it, it, he could have, well, yeah, he, he just looks like he's hot. Maybe Does he, he look flush? Not really. Okay. Um, maybe a little. Maybe a little red. Okay. All right. He looks, that... he looks like somebody who's been doing exercise for hours and hours. And uh, he's just <laughs> really... hasn't hard. been that since. All right. 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 Well, as far as we know. Maybe he has. Well, so, well uh, uh, no. Talk. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that that such an illness would befall you on, on such a grand outing for, for your company. Is, is there anything that we can do for you? Can we, can we go fetch somebody to, to bring you, bring you something, sir? No, no, it's just, just, just uh, let me get some rest and I'll, I'll be fine in the morning. Uh, it would seem that, uh, I can't avoid Murphy's law. Well, if you, if you need anything, please, uh, please let us know. Of course. Thank you. And he closes um, the door and you can sort of hear him move around in there cool things just keep getting a little stranger around here don't you think riley yeah yeah definitely um man there's, there's more drama than than than, <laughs> than backstage at a theater now <laughs> i, I want to know anything about that but but this is this is definitely top some of the divorce cases i've worked and that's saying something mm. Well, let's uh, let's get back to the others and see if we can uh, find out what's what's wrong with that uh, what's going on with that that model and why she acted the way she did the other night. Yeah, maybe maybe we can see if we can if we can hear something or, or see if she's standing next to anybody. But I I don't think we should be so direct with how she she reacted the yeah. other day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll leave that to to Karen. Yes, well, it, was, it was fairly late, so you've started to see people go to bed. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm actually. I can I. I go and find Renee. Um, okay. And I you. say, uh, say uh, Renee, and this is quite quiet. I make sure to kind of keep my voice down, and and George is with me, and I say, uh, Renee, we, we uh we are under the impression that potentially one of the guests has been um abused in, in a way she's been sent letters and notes and and and, and threats and stuff like this uh, well she's been take that back i don't say threats i just say she's she's been sent letters by someone and uh yeah she she's being not... harassed by by another passenger uh could you please in, inform us uh if you see anything um suspicious um around uh the wherever she, uh what's her name again so um yeah so um i just say you know if, if, if you see anything suspicious if you see 
anyone sliding something over under a door or anything like that. I mean, between that and, and mine and Mr. Tucker's shirts going missing, it, this sounds like there may be someone on this, this train that's uh, playing silly buggers. Well, on that matter, uh, I did inquire with the staff and uh, nobody seems to know anything about your shirts. Um, they cleaned your room. Mm. Uh, they did it the same for everyone. And uh, I honestly, I have no reason to believe them. If we, if we have to, we'll replace your shirts. Ah, well, we'll just, I, I will go back and just see if, if any of them recall anything strange, like they might have come across a door that was left unlocked. Maybe we just left our things open and somebody helped themselves. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. But we'll see if they remember anything just a little odd, uh, something they weren't, weren't quite expecting. Of course. Um, and then I, yeah, head off to head off to bed. Okay. Are you all going to go to bed? Well, perhaps I've heard a little bit of the thing about the missing shirts or something like that. However, yes, I'm going back to my room. We Don't were know. talking like, you'd, we were talking like specifically really quiet. Yeah, that was at that particular point. But earlier on, when you were making your oh, when you were a, yeah, yeah, you were next door, yeah, yeah. So basically, I would have probably just, well, she'd check her clothes anyway, but there we go. So yes, she's just going to check her clothes. I uh, don't know if I need to roll for that. And then I'm going to get undressed and go to bed. Okay. So everybody's going to bed. Mm -hmm. What are you all wearing when you go to bed? <laughs> Nothing. My favorite. Just, <laughs> just, just for you, Tom. Nothing. I'm yeah, dressed nothing. as um, Emperor Hirohito. <laughs> ceremonial garb and sword. With the hat and everything? Yeah. I'm uh, wearing one of the maids to bed. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm just, I'm wearing what everyone wears in bed. A grass skirt and a boot tube. <laughs> so, in the middle, uh, you guys fall asleep. And... You, you find yourself once again on this spectacular train that seems to be traveling through some strange and beautiful foreign country. And there is a steward uh, who now you recognize, his name is, is Henry Peters. Uh, he's an interesting person. He's dressed in a long blue uh, uh, uniform for the Orient Express, and he wears a uh, mask with a beak on it uh, because, as you've learned, he was severely burned. Uh, he, he died uh, in the 1800s uh, on board the Orient Express. And apparently when you die and you see yourself, well, when you're disfigured and you see yourself in the mirror before you die, that's the way you envision yourself after you're dead. So he looks rather frightening, but he wears a mask. And he's actually an incredibly uh, wonderful person, you've come to realize. And you're all on the train, and you're all dressed the way you were when you went to bed. However, you don't seem to uh, mind. And Henry has found you all sitting around a table, and he says, he says, uh, uh, Madame, Messieurs, uh, I have something delightful for you, something uh, very rare. Uh, it is a, uh, a type of wine, very, very rare for us. 
Uh, it is called uh, uh, the Chartreuse de Sarube. And he pulls out this little vial of bright green liquid. And uh, he uh, very carefully pours, the, you have little uh, like sherry glasses. And he pours each of you just a little bit of it. And uh, he says, they say that it tastes like, like happiness. It is the most phenomenal drink that you've ever drank. But before this can happen, before you can drink the drink, a sort of cold, icy wind blows through the train. And the other passengers, as well as you, sort of look around as curtains flutter and something comes in to the car you're in from the door and it's black and it's icy and it's like a, sh like a living shadow comes through the door. And Henry turns and he looks at it and he says, no, monsieur, you are not allowed aboard my train. Get off my train now. And this voice that sounds like like thunder comes from this black shadow and says, this is not your train. And at that moment, everything on the train sort of blasts away, kind of like that scene from Inception with all the stuff going around. Everything just sort of blasts away and you suddenly find yourself jumping up in your beds uh, aboard the train, frightened. You know, breathing heavy, and, and it's like a horrible nightmare just just occurred. Uh, I'm going to the five of us, or were there other people from um, the train? Well, you don't know. You're all in your rooms. Oh, we can't we can't remember who else was there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you kind of can't. Okay. Kind of a group. Now, what, what time is it? I'm going to go check either the windows or the well, my watch to try to find out what time it is. When you, when you awake and you look at the windows, it's kind of pre-dawn outside, but this is before you even get up out of your beds. And if you've got, you know, electronic equipment, it doesn't necessarily have to have internet access to have the, the, the time. It's, a, yeah. it's about... 4.30, maybe 5 in the morning. And you lay back down, just sort of, you know, it's too early to get up. And you think to yourself, well, I'll just, you know, drift off to sleep for another couple of hours. And you think, for, you think in your head, you know, uh, that you've slept pretty well on the train. It's, it's the sound of the train is hypnotic. It's that, that sort of clickety, clickety, click. And that's when it dawns on you that you're not hearing any clickety, clickety, click. I'm going to look out. I'm going to go. Is the train, yeah, is the train moving? Mm -hmm. Apparently not. And all you see out the window is fog. I'm, I'm going to go out into the hallway. I'm going to put some clothes on. on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to put clothes on and then and then uh, head out to, into into the. I've just put pants on and then I walk out with no shirt and just rippling abs, 
Yeah, um, I'm going to quickly dress as a 15th century Portuguese spice <laughs> and uh, go out into the hole. All right. Um, as, as you are stepping out into the hall, you do see a couple of other passengers. Um, uh, one of them uh, is, uh, let's say, Oscar is there. And he's looking rather sheepish, looking around. And um, coming past you down the, the train is John Milton. Um, he's looking better than he did before. Uh, but he's going forward and, and he's like, Renee, Renee. And uh, Renee comes around the corner and he's, Renee is sort of wringing his hands, you know. And, and he's like, what the, what the deuce is going on, Renee? And he says, I, I'm not so sure, monsieur. It, uh, it would seem that the train has stopped. He says, well, why, why is the train stopped? He says, I, I do not know, monsieur. And he says, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling a lot better than I was, but I'm still not feeling so good. So find out why the train is, is not moving and, and get it going again. I uh, I lean over to um to John who's who's next to me or near me and I say, you know, when I was in the play for Murder on the Orient Express, when the train stopped, that's when they found the body. Oh boy! And I look around. <laughs> yeah, who's not here? I well, I'm wondering what the temperature is right now within the inside the train, and I'm also going to go over to the window and here out okay temperature seems exactly perfect inside the train as it always does and when you look out of the train all you see is fog uh, you can see a little bit of the ground outside but not much uh does it just like look like railroad track gravel and stuff or can yeah. i see and now, is the is the power still on in in the train? Like, can, can we turn lights on? Yes, power is still working. Um, Renee goes in one direction, and uh, John uh, sort of shakes his head and he says, "I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We'll uh, we'll find out what's going on." Uh, but he's heading back to his room because he's mm. still, you know. He'll, somebody will tell him eventually what's going on. Um, by now, other people have come out of their rooms. Um, and uh, mostly the people in your car. So uh, Enzo Banuelos has come out. Gary. Uh, well, you, you are Gary. Um, uh who is that? Oh, Dr. Weiss. Dr. Weiss has come out. Um, Oscar uh, uh, and Faustino Gonzo, or Gonzago. He is like, what is going on? I do not understand, you know. Uh, and people are starting to chat. Why have we stopped? Well, Karen's kind of like looks around, gives a little shrug, closes the door, and she's going to walk off, which would be the place where you get a nice, warm, hot cup of cappuccino right this time of day. At five in the morning, probably. No. <laughs> in, the sh in, the, in the train? You could, you could go to the salon, but, uh, I mean, they do sleep. You know, there's no one there. 
the kitchen, you, you'd go to the you'd go to the restaurant and then the salon, uh, and somebody would make you coffee if you asked for it. That's what I'll do in the salon. Okay. I go back into my room and because now there's more people, I slip a shirt on and, and just a pair of like jeans and Chuck Taylors. Um, so I'm very very casual, um, and I um, take another look out out the window, my window, to see if I can see. Um, anything and, and when I kind of give up that I decide um, to um, to go uh, find George Riley to a, a spot hidden okay uh, 16 that okay. is a that um, is just under a um, just just miss a, an extreme it occurs to you that you might be able to see out the window better if you turn your light off Okay, so I, I do so. I turn the light off. When you do, you're still seeing the same thing. You can see a little bit of the track. Well, you can't see the track. It's under the train, but you can see the, the embankment. And you think you can see trees, like the trunks of trees out there, right on the edge of the fog. Knowing the route that we were taking, and where, like, can I sort of guesstimate, I guess, um, Probably. knowing what time it is now of where we could be. Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, you're probably getting close to Romania. Okay. Um, so as I said, I, I kind of go to find the other, um, the others that I've kind of met on the, on the trip and stuff. And, um, okay. I come out and find George and John and Gary and all them. Um, Karen's obviously gone off to get coffee. Um, and I, I say, uh, gents, um, well, I, I turned the light off in my room to see if I could see a little better. And uh, I think we may be in some kind of wooded area. I think I can see some trees not too far from the train. We must almost be to Romania by now. I, I, I want to know. I'm not very familiar with this, with these areas, but this is, this is quite odd to be stopped but, out here in, in the middle of the forest. Are they check? And they is this where they check our passports, or do they just do that in old black and white movies? No, I don't know. No, they actually do definitely check your passports, but it's a more it's a. It's well, uh, the, the the owner of the train, Mister Milton, he he didn't seem to have any idea um, as to why we were stopped, and and Renee didn't even understand why we were stopped. Uh, Renee went that way. Perhaps we uh, go follow him and, and see if uh, we can find out why we've stopped. Um, Karen, if that's what you're all going to do. Karen, you, you have been following kind of right behind um, Renee because mm -hmm. uh, he's heading up towards the front of the train. And uh, you follow him into the restaurant and you follow him to the end and you follow him into the salon. And there you're, you ask... Uh, uh, you, you look around to find a, a member of the staff, uh, but you don't find anyone. Uh, you do know where the coffee pot is, and mm -hmm. there, there might be some cold coffee. And just as the others come in to join you, uh, Renee comes back into the salon slowly, and he's as white as a sheet. Renee, what is up? Uh, I, I, 
don't know how to say it. There's Brenda Murder on the Orient Express. No, Monsieur. The train is gone. What? what that how much of the train, train is gone? So go up to the front end with him. Show me. Well, and he put, he just points to the door leading out from the salon. I go to the door. Uh, yep. And open it. And when you open it, there is no train on the other side of it. It's just, it's like the outside? It's the outside. And the track's going off into the distance? From what we can see. I'm From what you can see? Uh, uh, Riley, do a spot hidden. Um, 61. I will spend one luck okay. to make that a pass. Okay. You're standing there, and you're you're looking and the first thing that pops into your head is well did we are we decoupled from the other part of the train and when you look down there's there's something really weird and it takes you a second to figure out what it is but the train is still coupled only it's coupled to a little piece of the other train like it's broken off like it's been sliced off like with a gigantic knife it's um it, it's almost surreal when you look at it as if something chopped off the back end of the car in front of you you almost i, I believe it. i mean yeah i i, I kind of take a sort of, sort of moment i think i'm i'm not quite processing what what i'm saying i don't understand how something like that would be possible um and because it's a very clean cut yeah, so um, I, I sort of take a moment and then I, I kind of gesture the others over because I'm guessing they're around me. And I say, can any of you uh, explain how something like that could happen? And I point out the, the coupling. Now, how much of the, uh, of the other car is still, still attached? Well, the way that it happens is the two cars butt up against each other and there's a connecting thing. And there's a walk kind of a walkway mm. and normally the walkway would have screens on either side so that you're not blasted by the wind when you're crossing from one car to the other but it looks almost like maybe if, if you were to see the other car maybe two feet of that car and it's been sliced through and then the whole thing just naturally fell and tore right. off the, tore off the, the thing and it's lying there and it's still it's still coupled. Hmm. And you can see the tracks, but they go off into the fog. Like a guillotine just came down. Yeah. Would it have gone through any, I'm picturing the coupling and everything, and it's all solid steel and metal. Is that it's all solid steel? Yeah. Hmm. And this slice happened, went right through the steel. I'll right turn around to Renee if he's still there. He's uh, he's sat he's sitting down. Okay, Renee, Renee, give him just touch him on the shoulder. Renee, go and fetch Mister Milton, Mister Milton. Milton, and on your way, ask Lars to come up. He's he's an engineer, is he not? We miss He's a, he's yeah, a, and, is he? Oh yeah, he's all knows all about trains. Yes, uh, perhaps come have have him come up. Uh, obviously, there's been some mishap or accident of some kind. We must. And we don't want to be hit by another train. Are, are there any are there any flashlights? 
Yeah, she got flashlights. I, I want to go. I want to get out and go look at at the other side of where where it's been cut to see if there's any anything else to see. Okay. So you're going to go outside. You have to kind of climb down, but it, you're going to climb down to the side, right? Because the door. I'll I'll, I'll follow him as well. Right. Um, Renee then departs and heads towards uh, the back of the train to get Mr. Uh, Milton. Uh, John, what are you doing? I'm trying to open a link that somebody just posted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> call me. Um, no, I, I'm curious really? about this. The steel is what's in my mind. Uh, can I just uh, touch the steel? I want to see if it's hot. It's not. It's cold. Not icy, just cold because of the wind outside. There is no wind, by the way. There's no air. There's no no breeze at all. Still. Absolutely. I guess I'll, I'll get out too with uh, George and Riley. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know why, but I'm, I got an idea. I'm going to pick up a rock and throw it down the train track okay. and just see if I hear anything. Does it, do I hear it land? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, wh where do you think we are? The, the edge of the world? Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask Gary, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm going to take out my, uh, my little mag light torch. Okay. And I'm just going to start shining it down the, the track to see if anything's reflecting further down. Well, the only thing reflecting is the fog itself. Ah. You kind of get that black, that blinding sort of whiteness when you shine a bright light into the fog. I turn back to the others and I, I sort of say, um, do any of you guys have any, I mean, I look at the time and I say, um, cause what time is it now? About four, well, well, it was four thirty-six o'clock. Let's say it's five o'clock yeah. by now. Okay, so five like, all right. So we left Wait, at this time. Sorry, did I, heard, it was, did I say it was five when you guys got up? You said it was about four thirty when we it's, woke up. It, we'll oh, say it's been it, it's been about a half an hour since you woke up. Okay, so five o'clock. Um, you guys got any idea how how far away we would be from from Romania from here? I I haven't got a damn clue. This, this is modern day, right? So does any of you have to, do we all have phones, smartphones? Sure. I imagine you do. I'm gonna, I'll take out my smartphone and see if I can get a GPS signal. No. The, next, the next car would have been one of the foregones? The next car would have been one of the sleeper cars. Do we, did we know anyone on that sleeper car? No. Okay. Well, uh, well, uh, the reason I'm asking is because, uh, well, if it's not too far to, to Romania to some civilization, well, maybe a few of us could could walk ahead, follow the tracks, and and go look for help. Which which, um, which car was uh, Milton sleeping in? He's in G car, G. the last the last G sleeper car. <laughs> he went towards the rear of the train. He went back uh, to his room. Okay, so Renee went, went, went back to get him. I'm just going to wait for either Lars or Wil, Wil, Milton or Renee to return. I'm curious now. And, I'm actually, and I know I'm actually just sort of like listening to the environment in between their conversations. 
there, there is no sound whatsoever from the environment. No insects, no trees wafting, no nothing. It's dead silence. Now that I'm outside on the tracks with the others, can we see the, the trees more clearly and things? Um, yeah, it's still about the same. Because you're outside and it's darker, you can see that you seem to be in a forest. Although you can't really see the top of the trees, you can just see the trunks going up Okay. over there, maybe 20 feet away from you on the sides of the, the track. I'm also curious, I'm gonna get back on the train and start walking towards the back. I wanna make sure if the back of the train is missing too. Okay. So we'll get back. We'll get back to you in a second because you're going to okay. ask people on the way. Yep. Karen, what are you up to? Are you outside also, or? Uh, no, I didn't get off the train. I may, I may be at the back edge watching them. Watching them. Yeah, it's it's man stuff, you know, mechanics and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll just, I was just waiting for Lars to come up and talk to him a little bit, perhaps if he shows up. And okay. uh, if they, nobody shows up, we're going to obviously walk back down through the train. And she's got in mind that she may have to change into uh, sort of sneakers and trainers and other clothes. Um, I, I want to start. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just want to start walking forward to see if I can see any debris or anything from the accident that's probably befallen the train. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, John, on your way back, uh, you get about halfway through the restaurant and uh, Lars... Farber is coming in the other direction. <laughs> so, and he, he sees, as he sees you, he's, you know, like, what, what has happened? Come and see, Lars, come and see. Yeah, we don't understand this. So he, yeah. uh, he goes past you. And uh, just, just to save time, John, you go all the way uh, past, you see uh, Renee uh, knocking on Mr. Milton's door. Well, He's talking to Mr. Miller. He's already knocked on his door and everything. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, there seems to be some sort of an accident. Uh, the front of the train is missing. What do you mean it's missing? He says, well, well I'm sorry, sir. Come and see. And he's like, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. I'm uh, getting dressed. So uh, Renee looks at you and he sort of, <laughs> uh, wh where are you going, monsieur? Uh, you want to see the back of the train? And uh, he, he has the key to the foregone. It's normally it's locked because we don't want people going through people's luggage. But he takes you to the back end of the foregone and everything seems to be there. There's nothing past the foregone. That is the end of the train. Oh, that's the last car. Okay. Right. Uh, however, do a, do a spot hidden for me, John. Uh, yeah, 17. Okay. Yeah. Straight back behind the train, uh, just on the edge of the fog, you can see what looks like a tunnel. Okay. As if you had just come through a tunnel. Um, could I do an idea roll to see if I know whereabouts we are? No, you could be anywhere in Serbia or, you know. 
Okay, I'll make my way back to the other group. Okay. The other problem is, is that you don't know when you stopped or when. when yeah, no, I just meant, I thought maybe like there can't be that many tunnels along the train route. So There's I, actually quite a few of them. So. Is there? Okay. Yeah, every time it gets to a hill, it just goes through the hill. <laughs> um, all right, so you go back to the others. Uh, so what, oh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, George, what were you going to do? I, I'm walking further ahead on the track to see if I can see any remnants of the other car. Okay. Um, how far do you want to walk? Okay, we'll, we'll do it this way. We'll do it this way. Um, you walk, uh, the fog is pretty thick. Uh, you walk maybe 50 feet and you can still look back and see the lights of the train. Okay. But you still don't see anything but track going ahead of you. And uh, you walk until you can't see the train lights behind you anymore. And at that point, you feel extremely isolated as if you were the only person left on the whole planet. Uh, do a power roll to see if you kind of chicken out. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Well. Yeah, no, I failed with an 80. Well, all that means is that you ke it keeps crossing your mind that if you turn around and go back, there won't be the train there. So you kind of freak out and run back a go little back. bit. Then you can see the lights and you're like, oh, thank God, it's still there. And uh, you've, you've lost your nerve as far as walking mm -hmm. down the tracks go. Right, but there was no, no debris at all. Nothing. No, no change really, just track and gravel and trees and look like trees on either side. Okay, so has Lars come up with any So ideas? Lars comes up and he's, he's just like, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense at all. Where's the train? It, uh... Well, Mr. Lars, well, that's not his last name, is it? Lars, um, I'm a little concerned. We're on a well, single Harvard. track. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're on a single track here. Um, do you think we should put some safety lights out each way down the track so that if another train comes, they've got an opportunity to slow down? Do we have safety lights? Renee, <laughs> oh, we, Madame. Do we have any kind of safety lights we could put out on the track? I do not know, Monsieur. I'm not, not an engineer, but uh, uh, Madame, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, Madame. <laughs> uh, 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 Farber says, "Well, they would probably, if there were safety lights, they'd probably be kept up at the engine." Uh, with some of the other equipment, but the engine's gone. Oh, great. I'll just go get them. Wait. <laughs> um, I asked Renee, I said, Renee, um, you got any idea uh, how close to Romania, uh, how close to our next destination we would be, or close to the next city? I am, I'm sorry, monsieur. Uh, we, I know that we are somewhere between Budapest and uh, 
our next stop, but I am not I'm not even sure when when this occurred. I was sitting in my post. I do not recall at any moment that the train stopped, but I may have dozed off a little bit. Now, I'm going to, this is one of the worst days I think I've had in a long time. Uh, how, how, how long is the, the train going to have power for? Well, the, uh, the batteries should last at least uh, another 12 or 15 hours. I think maybe we should, uh, well, we'll find out from Mr. Milton, but uh, I think perhaps we should get all the guests together who who were left on the train and uh, get everyone together and, and explain the situation and then decide what we do from there. Is there not an emergency radio or something? It would not be in this part of the train this year. And my cell phone doesn't seem to be picking up any signal. No. And uh, you know what, Karen, when you mentioned cell phones, kind of like a little light bulb goes off in her head, apparently. And she goes back to her cabin and she comes out with a small Garmin GPS satellite phone. Okay. And just sees, have we got any signal with that? Which is satellite direct. It's not dependent on the Wi-Fi or, or a telephone network. Why don't you do a luck roll? Okay. That's 37. Uh, that's, that's a regular pass. None whatsoever. Okay. I was just hoping you'd fail. I hate it when he does that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, have have, have we got any flares? I mean, I've I've got a pair of culottes, but it's really nice. Well, monsieur, there there are a number of things aboard the train. Let's see what we can find. I got some Japanese fireworks in my bag. <laughs> uh, there, there is some emergency equipment in this, the closet here. Uh, you can check there. Um, let's, see, let's see what we got. Monsieur, Monsieur Duquesne has suggested that we get all of the passengers together here in the, uh, uh, in the dining car. Um, mm. Yeah, I think everyone should stay on the train. I mean, there are, there are bears and wolves out here, aren't there? We miss you. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Well, there's no tigers. We're not in that part of the world. But <laughs> bears and uh, no lions either. Um, I suggest. I think there's four. Uh, would you Would you assist me? Would you help to uh, bring the guests forward? Sure. I will uh, help to to assistance here. I'm I'm um. Uh, I'm just going to randomly roll a dice to decide who's the nearest person to me out of the four. Okay. Pick a number between one and four. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to sort of nudge. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to nudge Mr. Highfield. I just say, uh, <laughs> look, um, <laughs> if if it comes down to it, who do you think we should eat first? <laughs> Oh, Karen's so lucky she's thin. <laughs> the fat Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> He'd feed you all for a month. I, Rob, so yeah, I, I start fun. going up, um, up the train to uh, to kind of knock on doors and, and ask everyone to um, 
Please go down to the dining car. Uh, most people are already in the hallway. They're asking questions, so they, they, they take heed. I'll get back to you in a moment. Um, searching in the, uh, the little closets, um, uh, very shortly you discover that uh, now it's time to get out your pad and pen. <laughs> each car, each car has a little closet. Each car has, and, and let's see what you've got. Restaurant, salon, uh, and two sleeping cars and a foregone. So five cars. Uh, each car has an emergency kit. Uh, each car has a fire extinguisher. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, you have an axe. You have two crowbars. Uh, you have a sledgehammer that you find in the foregone. You find a drill, a wood chisel. You find a couple of hammers. Uh, and you find uh, some other, uh, like, repair equipment, ha a hacksaw, um, uh, a couple of shovels, and some greasing oil. But you don't find any flares. What's, what's in the emergency kit? Uh, it's just a typical first aid kit, you know. Oh, right, okay. Um, bandages and Bactine and stuff like that. Um, Riley, uh, as you're going down the cars uh, and you're knocking, uh, Mr. Milton crosses paths with you. Uh, and he's like, That's a, it's a good idea. We should all get together in the... Uh, the, the main main dining car. Um, you you pass through the uh, F car. Uh, you get to G car. Uh, you get Mark. Uh, you get uh, Marissa and Wanda. Uh, you get Chantel and her husband. Uh, mm -hmm. Lars's room is empty, and uh, I mean she's Lars has already left. He's up in the front. Uh, but you don't get any response from Giuseppe Roti or John Walters, the banker and the, um, the hippie. We, we don't get any response from the food. It's terrible. Um, so did Renee come with me? Uh, no, Renee was, was helping the others get stuff, find, find stuff, find if they had any flares. And, so I'm knocking on the, the doors and the door's locked? Uh, yes, and there's no answer. In fact, you're probably banging on the door, and there's no answer. Yeah, um, during, the, um, the bustling around, um, John has mentioned something to Karen, and I think, John, maybe we should just go back and take a look at that entrance. Okay, well, wait, we're talking to Riley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So the you said there was cupboards in each one, uh, yes. each like part yes. of, in uh -huh. in the one I'm in. What was in that cupboard? First aid kit, fire extinguisher, uh, and um, I'll give you a crowbar. That's what I wanted. Um, I'm getting worried because I've seen everyone else come past me, and there's no way for someone to have gone down. So I'm worried about these two, and I, I, we want everyone there. And as you say, I'm banging pretty hard and I'm probably yelling through the door like, gentlemen, we need to, 
um, have a conversation and I'm trying to explain everything to her, but when I'm not hearing anything, I'm thinking the worst. So I go to the cupboard, find the crowbar and um, go to the first door that's closest to the cupboard and try and force it with the crowbar. Okay. That's John Walter's room. Okay. Um, you don't really need to make roll because the, the locks just aren't that strong in this, in this place. Yeah. Um, uh, do a spot hidden, however. Okay, come on. 16. Okay. You do notice that the lock has not been tampered with. Okay. So it's not Until. like somebody else pried the door open. Yeah. But you, you pop the door open and the room is dark and uh, you get a distinct coppery sort of smell. Okay, and can I see anything in the room at all? Just faintly, because of the, uh, the sort of glow from the fog outside window. Uh, it looks like somebody's asleep in the bed. They're okay, covered. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna pull my phone out and put the light. You know how you can put a light on your phone? Yeah, you could just turn the yeah. light on in the room. Yeah, but I don't want to enter the room. I want to like okay. I'm staying on the on the on the outside, and I'm actually gonna light into the room before entering. Okay. What you see is somebody is in the bed with the covers pulled up. However, there is a big red wet splotch on one side of the covers and it's dripping on the floor. Okay, so first thing I'm gonna do is a sanity check. Um, which uh, 63, which I pass, um, but I'm going to do a con check because I'm, I'm an actor. Like I, I, I'm not used to this and I'm relatively young. Um, I got a 60. Did I, I don't think I passed that. I literally just, I, I gag and kind of, and, and things like that. Um, I, I, yeah, that, that was my con, con to check. And yeah, I was like, Oh, Okay, and I, I kind of panic a bit, and um, but I, I managed to calm myself down, and I remember that there's another door that I couldn't get into. So I'm being more tentative this time because I kind of don't want to see the same thing. So I, I go to pop the the lock on the next on the next door, and I'm but I'm being a lot more tentative and and thinking if someone's killed him, and they do have connecting rooms, right? So I'm thinking potentially whoever's killed him he could be in there waiting for me and he would have, I'm assuming he would have, my thought process is the character as whoever would have heard me pop that door open. So someone knows I'm there. Um, so I'm kind of ready to pop that door and then spin the crowbar as well. And, and if someone jumps out at me or something. Okay. Um, now the doors, you know, do this. So, yeah. All right. So without much effort, uh, you pop the lock and, do you open it like this or do you open it like this? You know, I, I swing it open and get the light right in there. Okay. If you're an actor, do you open the door by just going, ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't, call, doesn't call for backup. He's just like, jazz hands. Yeah. Grand entrance. Oh, the way that we... Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! <laughs> the way that we all try to dispel the tension at the worst possible moment <laughs> with, with humor. Uh, you are immediately confronted by a bloody fucking mess. 
Okay. It, it looks like Giuseppe Roti has been dragged out of his bed, probably stabbed multiple times, and partially dismembered. And there's there's blood everywhere. So you can no do, one else in the room. No, you can do a sanity roll. Hundred percent. That is a ninety-six. So that is a fail. Do a one d one d four plus one. Okay, one d four plus one. Okay, two. So three. Okay. Um, and I'm you... not even going to do a con check. I th I throw up. Okay, and you you probably yell bloody murder. Yeah, I'm so I'm throwing up and screaming like for help. I've and I've kind of like backed away. I'm on the floor, like just back up against the the hallway, just kind of getting as far away from that door as I can, no. screaming, vomit everywhere. George so, runs. You, there. you can hear him. You can hear him yell. I, I was going to say, I'm I'm assuming that if it's if it's that like, it's deathly quiet. Um. We, yeah, we're going to outside, thing. so you can hear somebody yelling on the train. Yeah. Okay. Karen, you you suddenly hear, you know, somebody calling from back there. Now everybody, almost everybody else is in the in the main part of the train now. So uh, there's a little bit of chatter, but you hear somebody yelling on the train. Uh, yes, and Tucker, you jumped back on the train, and you're. Yep, I'm running. <laughs> Well, there's a crowd of people between you now and, but you get through there. Uh, John, what are you up to? Yes. I, I guess I would go to investigate the, who's screaming. Okay. And Gary? Um, when, when you, um, you did the precy of all the things that we found in the cupboards, um, does that mean we've sort of like laid them out on a table somewhere or yeah you grabbed whatever equipment you did let's say you I'll brought just, them all yeah I'm, I'm gonna grab like a hammer or something because okay. i mean i think my first thought is that is that we're 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 getting ambushed by something we're being robbed okay it's, it's some sort of criminal thing so I'm, I'm gonna grab a hammer and and go running towards the the, the sound okay Let's let's figure out your dexes and see who's first, who's second. We know Riley's already there. And and Karen, are you going to follow or? Uh, I was trying to figure out where I was on the train. Actually, <laughs> well, you're, you're with you're with all of the people in the in the dining car. In the dining car. Uh, well, I'm going to see the others legging off. I'm going to walk slowly down the okay. corridor. Okay. Um, uh, George, what's your dex? A fifty-five. And John? 65. And Gary? 50. Okay, so John, Gary, and George, in that order, uh, you start down the, the train, and you immediately find uh, Riley sitting on the ground with his back up against the, the wall. Shaking. With the crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> and you also see, probably by now, blood spilling out you know, into the hallway from that room. What happened? And I just, I just kind of put up a, um, uh, a finger and just point towards the room. Um, and I kind of scamper over to, to where they are um, and kind of hide behind John and, and, uh, and Tucker. 
Just have any rolls for everybody? Uh, yeah. Also joining you is Fabian Weiss, the, the doctor. I failed. So Ooh, what, I four plus one? Uh, uh, no, I want you just to do 1d4. Okay. The extra one was just in case. I mean, you went like that. <laughs> I wanted to give him a little... I lost point. only one point. Right. Same here. No. Oh. It's, it's well, I because... Think I'm, I'm going to make a constitution roll for that as well, I think. I've, I've passed that just... So Dr. Weiss has come up behind you. What has happened? What has happened? Uh, Karen hasn't actually seen anything because she's been so far back. She lets the doctor through. I think there's a problem up there. Um, yeah, okay. We see what it is. Um, oh, as soon as I see the doctor coming, I'm, I'm going to start um, sort of hurrying him along. and say, Doctor, doc, doc, come on, come on. They're, I think you're too late, but oh, my God. Dr. Hamill. He says, Rala, how, how did you, how did you find them? Well, uh, I was, I, I, I was trying to get every, everyone to come down to the, to the, the dining car and, and I was, I was banging and screaming at their doors and they didn't answer. So I, I looked in the cupboard and, and I found the crowbar and I thought, look, they're in trouble. So I, I, I forced the door and that, that's, I found them like that. I, I didn't touch, I didn't go into the rooms. No, I, didn't, I didn't touch nothing. And No, you're, you're, you're fine there. And you said both doors were locked. Both both doors were locked from the inside. Who? Well, they they were locked. I don't know if they were locked from the inside or not. But now that that means that somebody's entered their room, did away with them, and then relocked the doors. Who do we know who has keys? Renee and Milton. Do we know where they and are? May, and maybe the the do we have like maids and stuff? Um, actually, uh, what Renee told you was he has one because he's the steward and the staff, the cleaning staff. Uh, none of the cleaning staff are on this part of the train. They're gone. They're not. They must so Renee has keys. And, uh, that's it. And uh, Jean Milton does not have keys. So it's just oh, Renee. Okay. Do we know where Renee is? Uh, he's back up in the, the kitchen. Yeah, but um, whoever disconnected our train, they could have murdered these two and then got to the other half and then got away. Uh, do a spot hidden if you're looking into the room. I'm Everyone. <laughs> I passed with a hard success. You, you do notice that the windows in both rooms are open. Now, it looks like somebody escaped out that way. How did they get inside? Did they get them coming through the windows? I'll hold up a hand to Karen and say, you probably don't want to see this. Now, is are the bathroom doors, are either of them open? No. I want to step in very, very carefully and look inside. Okay. See if somebody traveled between, through there, like blood track through there or something. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any, any involvement whatsoever in the bathrooms. Um, are there any um, members of the, of, of the train... Um, staff near us at the moment. The only member of the train staff is Renee at this point, and he's in the he's in the dining car with the others. Um, I go to the room that's next to all this chaos. Um, and I'm assuming that door's open. 
That's Lars's well, room. Yes, the door is unlocked. Yeah. So I go to the window in that room, open it, and see if I can see any tracks coming from the uh, the other two. No. But. Now, uh, are, the, are there locks on these windows? Have you noticed uh, any locks on them? Just, just the kind that you'd have on a window. Know, they, do they do they appear broken at all? No, they're not broken. However, let me get back to Riley. Riley, uh, you do a spot hidden for me. I don't think you actually need it. Do a spot hidden. Thirty-nine pass. You look out, and the first thing you're looking at is you're kind of looking out and trying to look at the side of the the train. Yeah. You know, to see if there's any anything that is there. And about that time you sort of glance down and the gravel going down towards the trees. Mm. There's a bloody white shirt. Right down there. Okay. Does it look like mine? Well, Yours, George's, they look kind of the same. Um, okay, I, I kind of... You're slightly different sizes, but... Okay, so I walk back out, and um, I, I call to George, and um, I just lead him back in, and and then I just point down for him to look. Well, somebody appears to... I'm gonna go find Renee. Okay. Yeah, I've I've heard some of the conversation. Presumably, the doctor said something as well. Um, something about somebody, somebody being outside. <coughs> They're dead, uh, Jim. They have yeah. been murdered. He said it right. in German. So, <laughs> yeah. Be so I'm gonna head back down towards the car because, just like Tucker, I want to see Renee, but I've also got something else in mind. So um, when I get to the car, I'm going to let George talk to um, Renee. I'm actually kind of looking over everybody and doing a mental head count. Who's there? Who's not there? Names to faces and everything else. Okay. Um, what you will find is that everybody is there except for uh, Roti and John Walters. They're in their rooms right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who is still at the room? Okay. Um, um, I have one because I have one yeah. thing. When they started walking down, um, I just had a, a gut feeling, and, and just because of the way he's been behaving and everything, I walk along to Milton's room and check if the door's unlocked. Oh, uh, no, it's locked, it's locked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could, but I don't want to hear. Yeah. I'm not. I I just sort of um. Because John, did everyone. you say you're still here as well? Highfield, you you're still with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sort of voiced to you. I you know I've calmed down a bit at this point, and I say, you know he he's been acting quite strange now. There's there's been two murders, and 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 he wouldn't come out of his room at first. He was saying he was changing and things, and now he's taking the time to lock his room and. Something just doesn't feel. I don't feel right about our our, our uh, host. Mm. Open it. 
Um, and I, I looked down at my, my crowbar and, and then I hand it to John and I said, I, I, I can't have another, I can't have another scare like I just had. Well, you know that John's not in there. Yeah. So this but I'm, it, could, it could be the killer because I'm assuming it would then, you know. Yeah, I, I don't see any, I will not hesitate to open it. Okay, well, before I'm, that I'm, happened... I'm, I'm going to stand behind them with my, with my hammer in my hand. Before I don't know that what happened. that would achieve if someone's been killed, but I'm <laughs> making me feel better. I was just going to say, before that happened... I'm behind you. Uh, the doctor, uh, you hear him... I mean, he's, he's stepped into the room, obviously, and he's starting to look at the bodies, and he says, uh, these men have been dead for a few hours. Yeah? He says, this, this happened a while ago, perhaps around uh, midnight or one o'clock. But why, why the hell would someone murder them? I, 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 I don't know. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, murder seldom makes sense, but perhaps there is a mystery that we must solve. Uh, so, Henry, you're going to go ahead. I mean, uh, John, you're going to go ahead and oh. open the door. Yeah, just to clarify... It's like 5.30 in the morning. You said dead for a few hours. That would have only been like 3 in the morning. Well, he can't tell exactly. Oh, yeah. They didn't die just a few minutes ago. They died a while back. Okay. Um, and uh, just as you uh, snap open uh, Milton's door and open it up, uh, and you look inside, and you see it's just a room, you know, uh, his stuff's there. Obviously, he was in bed. Uh, his accoutrements are everywhere, you know. He seemed like a fairly neat person. Um, but just as, just as you're opening that door, you hear the doctor say, Mon Dieu, why is he speaking French? Thanks. Whoever started speaking French. He's Swiss. He's Swiss. He'll speak yeah. French. <laughs> he, says, he says, he says, Cotton Hemel, like this. And he says, these men, they have... Uh, they have arms that are missing. Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I'm making another constitution law for that. He's like uh uh Monsieur uh Monsieur Roti. Uh one of his arms is missing. And and Mr. Walters, one of his arms is missing. They seem different to, arms? They've been cut off, yes, different arms. Mr. So Mr. we got a Dr. Frankenstein on the on, on the uh, train. Mr. It looks to me like Mr. Walters uh, has been uh, stabbed multiple times, perhaps seven times, uh, and Monsieur uh, Monsieur Roti has had his throat cut. Good well, God! This, Who the stabbing could have worries me? Like that. <laughs> the stabbing worries me because that's the plot of the murder in the Orient Express. Yeah, it's the old story, but there were only one victim on that story. Yeah. Um. So could I? Um. Like a. I don't want to mess things too much up in, in Milton's room, but can I do like see if there's anything strange about it, like? Yeah, there's nothing. Maybe he's got my shirts in his cupboard or something like that. I just... You don't see anything like that. You want to do like a 
a thorough search, a spot hidden search, but then you're really kind of ransacking his room. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And plus I know you, you're like, sure, do a spot hidden. You find nothing. Well, in this, <laughs> Not case, this time, <laughs> in this case, Mr. Uh, Mr. Milton might be incredibly pissed that you've yeah. broken into his room. You know, you might as well go break into everybody else's room at this point. <laughs> Oh, I've got, it's all right. I've got to cover for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, now I, I back out and I say, uh, we should probably go join the others. Well, I have a question for, so George, did you go outside to see the cert or did you just see it from the window? I saw it from the window and I started immediately marching back to find her at Okay. So I haven't heard about the armless thing or none of that. Yeah. So just to clarify, I've, I've only shown George the bloodied shirt outside. Right. Could I ask the doctor a question? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, doctor, um, I, I, I hope you'll forgive me for asking this, but I mean, th this level of, of, of carnage, um, if someone did that, surely they're, they're going to be covered in blood. Yeah, they would most likely get blood all over themselves. So it's unlikely to be anyone who's on the train because there'd be some evidence left somewhere. Yeah, perhaps we should look around, see if we can find like a bloody clothes or something. Have you ever traveled through this, this region before, Doc? I visibly stiffen when they start talking about this and I go, shit, someone might have been wearing my shirt. Uh... I, I have only traveled uh, back and forth via airplane before. Oh, so you don't know if, I mean, does this kind of thing happen? Do, do people waylay trains that come through here? No, I mean, it would be in all the newspapers, yeah. It would even be in the newspapers in America. I guess so. Um, I, I sort of stop and I, I said, uh, the gentleman, uh, I, I think there's something I should, should tell you. And uh, I tell all of what, so the doctor, Gary and John, who are there, I explained to them about how me and George found our shirts missing um, when we got on the train uh, and that we weren't sure where they'd gone. And then I take them to the window and, and I point out and I say, look, I, I saw this. I didn't want to panic anyone. I, I didn't want to kind of incriminate myself, but that they could have been wearing one of mine or George or someone else's shirts if other people had their clothing missing. Well, that throws an entirely different complexion on it. I mean, if, if, if your shirts were stolen on the train and the killer used them to, to I don't know, wipe the blood off or, or, or something. Or at least wear the shirt over the top of their own clothes so they well, could get... that. That means that the killer was already on the train. Well, yeah, well, I think they'd have to be. Um, Dr. Uh, uh, Farber sort of leans, uh, John's standing closest to him, and he sort of leans over to John, and he says, that sounds like a likely story. Always oh, they stole my shirts to commit the murder. Because we just found the bloody shirt outside, yeah? Can I do a listen roll for that? <laughs> yeah, you think you can hear it. <laughs> um, I, I'm in a pretty, like, you know, agitated mood and everything that's gone on. So if I hear him 
say that, um, I grab him by the scruff of the neck and slam oh. him up against the wall. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. He immediately reaches towards his pocket and pulls out a scalpel. He says, "Unhand me, sir. You're going to murder me now." Um, and I just sort of, and I, I hang on, I'm like, Not "I'm sorry, I'm just keep scalpels in their pocket." But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I sort of say, "I'm, I'm sorry, I just." I don't want to be accused of murder. I, I, I didn't do this. And, and you just blatantly set telling, telling people that I, I'm the one who did the killing. You can ask Renee because me and George told Renee that Al shirts was stolen. We shall see, Mr. You want to accuse people of murder. You, you, you've got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Did, was it not you who mentioned the murder on the Orient Express? You have set up- Because I was in the play. Oh, I was on. Come on, Doc. I mean, look, every single one of us has talked about that damn story. It's, it's, it's 21 it's, years it's old. One of the, it's one of the, the most famous things in connection with this bloody train. I mean, God damn it, man. I, I what do you expect do, people to talk about? I Come on. Think, I do not think we should trust Mr. Duquesne because he could have easily taken these shirts and hidden them before because he was planning a murder. Well, look, if, if you want to start playing that game, then we shouldn't trust you because you've got certain the the experience. You could have taken the guy's arms off. You see where you're we're the going one with, with this? Yeah, you're, this you're the one with the scalpel. There's no on your purpose to start bickering. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we cannot trust anyone. Anybody. If there's really someone you've got to look at, it's, it's Karen. Oh, the woman. Yeah, the woman's yes. always the one. What does they say in French? Cherchez la femme? She's the one that keeps talking in different languages. No, I, I saw I saw a thing on I saw a thing on um, on on Discovery uh, like w women poison. They they don't cut people's arms. Yeah, I heard that. I have statistics on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, we have a word, uh, you know, femme fatales. That's what we call them in show business. Once again, we have uh, we have gone into the realm of levity in order By to rest, yeah. <laughs> the moment. Uh, I think we need to all go back to the the dining car. Can I ask one more question? The uh, the bloody shirt. I'm picturing if he removed the arms and took them off the train or out of the room, there's probably a blood trail. So can I see if there's a trail leading off into the woods or down the tracks or? You don't see anything. Yeah. Not from not. You can't see that kind of detail from here. You can see if you look out the window, you can now see the shirt that everybody's talking about. Yeah, I, I would actually get off the train and go out and look. Actually, actually okay. long before this, long before this, you probably would have seen Karen and maybe somebody else going down the outside of the train because you've been in there for quite a while. Okay, well, we got to get back to George because I think that's George and Karen down there. Yeah. So George, what are you doing? <laughs> as I get into the car where everybody is, including Renee. We miss you, Renee. Where are your keys, Renee? Uh, my keys are right here, monsieur. What, what, just red, red in the face of anger. What do you need? What is wrong? You seem very upset. Upset? Renee, do you know, not know what happened back there? I, I heard a commotion. I, now he's got the German accent. <laughs> uh, we, oui, monsieur, I, I heard the commotion, but I, I still got a German accent. Whatever. Uh, he says, uh, what has happened? Is everybody like yeah, there's, gather here? This everybody's around. Uh, everybody, you need to listen up for a second here. 
and Zephyrdy, but he quite didn't come away from me. Look at you. It would appear that somebody has killed two of our fellow passengers. Murder? <gasps> there's gasps and there's... Mm-hmm. You know. The rooms were found locked with them, with them behind them. Now we need that nobody gets to leave. Do you all understand? Where would we go? <laughs> we don't even know where we are. Right, but we don't need anybody wandering off. There's somebody very dangerous afoot. They might be in this room. They might not be. But in any event, we need to all stick together. Now, Renee, do you know of anybody who would be in this section of the train who would have keys other than yourself? Uh, if there was cleaning staff, uh, some of them, uh, they would have acquired the keys. They don't carry them with them unless they're working. Uh, they would have got those farther up in the train. Uh, but, uh, but now this is the same cleaning staff that said they couldn't find the missing shirts, is it not? We. Oui. Well, I think that Riley found one outside the train covered in blood. I, I don't understand this here. Uh, Renee, and she's going to speak calmly and softly to Renee uh, in French. You'll, you'll have to excuse Mr. Tucker. He's used to cross-examining witnesses in a courtroom instead of trying to investigate something. We oui, madame. So, I think perhaps if Mr. Tucker, uh, you and I do walk down the street, because there does seem to be some evidence that's related to Now, if you would kindly outside. speak in a language we all understand. Uh, the lady, lady suggests that we go uh, out of the train and uh, retrieve this uh, shirt you speak of. Yes, now let's, let's do that, please. Everybody remain here. Uh, but George, I would like you to do a spot hidden. Mm-hmm. Oh, two. That's an extreme. That's an extreme. You're looking around the room. Uh, now you're you're very passionate at the moment, <laughs> and you're intending on doing exactly what we just said you're going to do. And that's what you're going to do. Uh, on, on the face of uh, uh, Marissa and Wanda over there, uh, you see genuine distress. There's been a murder. <laughs> on most of the other people, you see the same thing. Uh, from Antonio Abella, he's the one who seemed very aloof the one who didn't want to join any of you on any of your excursions, he seems extremely nervous. He doesn't look upset. He looks nervous. Sorry, who was that again? Uh, and do I notice this before the guy who you keep finding sitting yeah. over by himself, smoking a cigarette, looking out the window, and right? No, I, what's his name? Doing this all the time. What's his name? Uh, Antonio Abella. He is in. He, if you leave the kit, the the dining car, he is the very first room, F one. Okay. 
Are you? Uh, on, on our way out, I'm going to mm -hmm. walk over to him. Okay. Uh, he looks up at you and uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, you, you say somebody was murdered. That's right. Or he's Italian. Mm -hmm. says, you uh, seem to be having quite an odd reaction to that statement. It's just uh, somebody's been murdered. That's horrible. Mind standing up for a second there, son? What do you, what do you want? Do you have any keys on you, sir? He, he looks very distressed, uh, but uh, confused at the same time. Keys, sir? Yes, keys. Anything in your pockets, anything. Why am why are you accosting me like this? And he reaches into his pocket and uh, he pulls out what look like maybe car keys. All right, I want to do I want to do a cycle on him. Okay. I want to see if he's if he's gotten like more distressed because somebody's now like I'm just trying to see if he's more because somebody's like in his face or if it's because he's concerned that he's been found out somehow. Well, as 95, nope. He's genuinely terrified. Uh, but you can't tell whether he's just terrified that somebody, that there's a murderer on board the train or does he look guilty or... He's definitely hiding something, but you don't know what it is. All right, now I want you to think about this long and hard. Okay, I'm, I don't trust you. You've always been a loner. And I believe you're hiding something. You're the only one here who did not seem distressed by this news. Had a very unique action. Now we're gonna go find that shirt that has been left outside, but I would implore the rest of you, keep an eye on this one, we'll be right back. Okay. Um, before, before you leave him, uh, he gets a sort of machismo look in his eye like you're insulting him. And he, you think maybe he goes to make a stand and as, as he attempts to do that, his nerves get the better of him. He shakes a little too much, and then he just decides to stay sitting down. So you're getting some very strange signals from this guy. But you've just already... A, yeah, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> just a question. Is it possible for us at the other end, can we get off the train at that end? Can we, like, yes. get outside? Yes, you can. Okay. So we probably went that way to get around to okay. the show. Yeah, you can actually go back out through the foregone at the end. Yeah. There's a little platform. So we'd probably we've, meet kind of at You've the seen same people time. at the back end of a train, so yeah. Um, so as you're going out the back, uh, Tucker and uh, Renee and Karen, 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 you guys are both now heading towards the uh, 
Um, it's a bloody shirt. Dun, dun, John, dun. what are you and Gary doing? Oh, are they not with me? <laughs> oh, are they with you? Um, I, 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 I hope I was, so. I was um, assuming that the three of us were, were together. Okay. Because I, 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 um, I mean, I've, I've, well, in, in the chat at the side, I've been um, trying to make it clear to John that uh, my, my earlier quip about eating someone was, was definitely just a joke. Um, I wouldn't go by myself anyway. Somebody wants to have a ham, a hand sandwich. Oh, a couple. Uh, they felt like they felt like having some finger food. How disarming! Uh, I <laughs> couldn't resist. Could we? Without I you. couldn't. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm armless. Uh, as, <laughs> as we're walking around, I start explaining to Gary that uh, the similarities of the, the body pieces going missing. Reminds me of the time I played Dr. Frankenstein in the play at school. Uh, well, for the, for the record, Rochi lost his left arm and Walters lost his right arm. Okay. Um, why, why would you do that? Just... God damn, we got a real crazy on this train. All right. I think we've got a few... So uh, we'll, we'll end it with you both getting to the, the shirt. Um, Riley and George do a luck roll. I failed. Ah. It's my shirt. <laughs> it's Riley's shirt. Damn it. Um, I passed the luck. <laughs> and it's it's there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of white left, but it's mainly red. The fact that I failed and it's not mine concerns me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yay, it's my shit. <laughs> and that's that's where we'll leave it for tonight. That's a good spot. Our players. Is it though? Go ahead. Yeah, it's a great spot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our players included Jeff Wilkins, Mick Swan, Morgan Llewellyn, Raymond Offord, and Zane Fleming. With myself as the keeper of the secrets, we're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and Call of the Google Gold playing game. Until next time, good luck and good game.